Ever try a buckwheat pillow? They are nothing like those fluffy clouds that most of us are used to. You know that feeling when your pillow seems to betray you and it collapses under the weight of your head and no matter what you do, you can't fix it? Well, Hulo Pillow is here to change that. They sent me one and it's pretty unique. Even Rudy, my cat, likes it. And you can try it out too and get a discount with the code POWER. Hulo Pillow supports your head and neck, unlike those flimsy pillows that leave you feeling like you've been in a wrestling match all night. And forget about flipping to the cool side constantly. Hulo Pillow stays cool and dry, making sweaty nights a thing of your past. And you can customize your comfort. Add or remove the filling to get the perfect fit for you. Try it for 60 nights risk-free. And if it's not your jam, you just ship it back for a refund. So go to hulopillow.com power for up to $20 off per pillow when you buy multiple pillows, plus free shipping on every order. Again, that's Hulo. H-U-L-L-O pillow.com slash power. Tired of your gut feeling like it's been through more drama than a reality TV show? Say goodbye to the chaos and hello to a gut that's as peaceful as a Zen garden with Symbiotic Plus from Ritual. Let's be real. Alcohol turns your gut into a wild roller coaster ride, leaving you feeling more queasy than thrilled. Say goodbye to the gut battles and inflammation wars. And with 25% off with the code POWER, this is a great excuse to give your gut the TLC that it deserves. So whether you're starting your day with a green smoothie or hitting up your favorite Starbucks for a coffee, make sure to add Symbiotic Plus to your daily routine. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. One of my biggest struggles in early sobriety was falling asleep. And even now, years in, sometimes my brain is just too active and too anxious to rest. This used to cause a lot of stress for me, but now I take Tanasi before bed and it helps me relax and get to sleep. My husband has even said that he has never seen me sleep deeper. As a former scientist, I appreciate Tanasi's commitment to science and research. They provided a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. This team of scientists discovered Tanasi's one-of-a-kind patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula. Studies show that it's twice as effective as CBD alone, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university to support ongoing research. If you're struggling with anxiety or trouble sleeping, then I encourage you to give Tanasi a try. It comes in a variety of different forms like lotions, soft gels, gummies, tinctures, and drink concentrates. I've been using the tincture before bed. Go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Routine is important because we are sensitive to stress and triggers. And I feel like no matter how much sober time you have, we are more sensitive than people that never struggled with addiction. I recently had my routine disrupted a few times and it really impacted me, which is what inspired this episode. So today I'm going to explain why routines are so important for us, what they're doing in the brain, what my routine is like, and some components of a routine that you should consider implementing for yourself and why each part is so important. So let's dig in.
turn our lives upside down and cause urges to drink. The brain can only do so much at once, and it's thought that when one part is overactive, other parts of the brain become less active to compensate. So if your amygdala is overactive with stress, anxiety, and negative emotions, then the parts of your brain that govern good decision making and memory have less energy to do their jobs. This is why we can become forgetful when we're overly stressed. This is where routine comes in. A routine can make your life feel more predictable, provide a sense of security, and reduce feelings of overwhelm. Routine is very important for us because we are vulnerable to getting overwhelmed and pushing the F it button. I spoke about overwhelm in episode 106 and what's going on in the brain there if you haven't listened to that one yet. For me, I think a big part of my drinking was about control. First, I started with disordered eating to try to get some control in my life, but then I found out that drinking did it better. I discovered that I could use alcohol to instantly control how I felt, what I thought about, and whether or not I liked myself. Not drinking and all the free time that we gain in sobriety is one of the most challenging parts. So I hope that you'll check out episode 134 on boredom if you struggle with that. But removing this false sense of control is another big challenge. And it's funny too because honestly drinking makes us so out of control if you really think about it. But in the moment, we feel even more in control. Routine can inject some sense of control over your life, but in a positive way. Not drinking is scary, but if you know what to expect at certain times of the day because you have a routine, then it can help you feel calm. Routine can also help us feel more productive and accomplished, and many of us drinkers are high achievers and people pleasers, so feeling productive is important. If you don't have a routine, then it's easy for your thoughts to go to the stressful aspects of your life. You may worry about the future more, ruminate about the past, and think about how your life isn't that great. When we give our brain free time, it's going to find ways to fill that time and usually it's with a bunch of anxiety. And if you struggle with boredom, routine can automate the part of your day where you feel bored the most. So you don't even have to think about what you should do, you just know what to do next. Reading before bed is an excellent example of part of a simple routine that can help alleviate boredom. And if you just rolled your eyes at that, then I know. Reading is not the most exciting thing, but it is peaceful, and stable. As your brain heals in sobriety, you won't need constant excitement anymore and you'll crave peace. So trust me on that one. Research has found that routine plays an important role in mental health and that organization and predictability helps our brain manage stress. Maybe you related to what I said earlier about using alcohol or food for control. I always felt out of control growing up and sometimes I still do when really bad or unexpected things happen. We can't control the world around us or what other people do and trying to exert control there is only going to cause anxiety and hopelessness. Routine reminds us that there is something under our control and that can provide some comfort. 
As someone who has had a strong desire to be in control, I think this is why my routine is so important to me now. So here are some components of a good routine that you can start thinking about for yourself. Sleep is critical, and this is usually the hardest part for most people, but I'm starting with it because I think it's the most important and it's like the gateway to an excellent routine. I strongly encourage you to have a consistent bedtime and wake up time every day, even on the weekends. Trouble sleeping is normal in early sobriety and even up to the first year or more. And episode 75 is all about sleep from when we're still drinking to two years into sobriety if you want to learn more about it. But a consistent bedtime will help you fall asleep easier. It creates predictability and your body will naturally become tired at that time. So it could end up helping your sleep in the future. Most people approach consistent bedtime and wake up time wrong though. They try to do the consistent bedtime first, but then they continue to wake up late when they can't fall asleep. You have to start with the time that you wake up every day. Get that time set and getting tired at the end of the day will be easier. If you do want to sleep in on your days off, then don't sleep later than one hour past your normal wake-up time. Try this for three months and see how you adjust. When we adopted my cat Rudy, I was waking up at 6.30 every day which is pretty early, but Rudy now wakes me up at 5.15. It was challenging getting up in the dark, but now it's completely normal for me and I enjoy watching the sunrise in peace and quiet every day. We can adjust to almost anything if we stay consistent with it. Waking up early will be hard in the beginning, but it's so worth it. Some people suggest shifting your wake up time by 15 or 30 minutes every week, and I say just get the frick up at the time you want to get up at. In my opinion, it is easier to just be tired for a few days and adjust once than have to adjust multiple times slowly and just extend the agony. The next component to a good routine is exercise. And I do this with my daily walk and going to group fitness classes at the gym three times a week. I think it's important to get some exercise in first thing in the morning because it sets up your mental health for a good day and it's easy to make excuses to not do it as the day goes on. If you're having trouble making this a routine, then reward yourself afterwards each time you walk or go to the gym. Maybe that's not the best advice, but that's the only way I've found that actually will work for me, so that's why I say it. I strategically plan my walk so I go past a Starbucks and I get myself a Starbucks or a smoothie after the gym most days. I even call my walks Starbucks walks because I'm not even going to pretend that the point isn't to get a Starbucks. You don't have to reward yourself with things that cost money either. You can save your favorite podcast like this one for your walks. And then that helps it become routine as well because then the day the podcast comes out, you know you need to go on a walk and listen to it. So it's a reminder to go. A good routine should also involve food, especially if you are someone that mindlessly snacks all day, emotionally eats, or gets so busy that you forget to eat or drink water. Having set times of the day when you eat and knowing what you enjoy eating when you're hungry is important. Hunger puts stress on the body and this can cause cravings for alcohol too because when we feel stressed, we want to reach for a drink to get rid of that feeling. If you're a regular listener, then you may know that I have had trouble cooking since I quit drinking. It's important to be honest with ourselves.
themselves. If I set up my routine to involve cooking dinner every night, then I'm going to fail and trigger myself. Instead, I have easy, no or low cook meals and I get a meal delivery kit so I can have healthy food without cooking it myself. So then I don't have to do takeout all the time or feel guilty about food rotting in my fridge. Your routine should also involve sober stuff. Whether that's listening to podcasts, checking in with your sober community, attending meetings, going to therapy, meeting with your sponsor, or something else. The biggest mistakes that I see people make are either not doing anything for support or only seeking out support when they have something going on. Support needs to be part of your routine for it to truly work. And this doesn't mean that you have to spend all day thinking about sober stuff, but it does mean that you should spend a little time every day working on your sobriety. Support helps because it works both ways. We support others when they need it, and then they support us back. If you're not supporting others, and you're only seeking out support when you need it, then the support is not going to work. I started this podcast when I was eight months sober, so my weekly episode was a routine for me. It takes a lot of time to research and prepare every episode, so that was one way I worked on my sobriety. And I know that lots of people make my episodes part of their Friday morning routine, so that has an impact too. I go to weekly therapy with the same therapist I started with when I was four months sober, And for a little over a year, my routine has involved support meetings in my community. When I have a bad day or I'm cranky or tired, logging into a meeting and seeing the people in my community makes me feel like I can finally exhale. I just feel like I have a good hour ahead of me and nothing negative is going to happen. So spend some time thinking about what that looks like for you. Your routine can also include personal hygiene, self-care, and chores. I'm trying to be more mindful of keeping my home clean, which involves doing quick daily chores and not letting things build up. I'm trying to live by the rule that if it takes less than two minutes, I'm going to do it right now. Other routine options can include your spiritual practice, hobbies, and time to socialize or time spent with your family. There are some downsides to routine though that we have to talk about. We can get too stuck on it and too rigid. My routine is very important to me and I get very upset when it's disrupted, probably too upset. This has been happening recently because I moved and I stayed up socializing with new friends, and I had someone hit my brand new car, which will prevent me from going to the gym when I'm getting it fixed. And these simple life things made me feel overwhelmed. I get upset when my bedtime is messed up, even if it's for a good reason, like a concert that I really wanted to go to. And this is because I love my mornings. So if my bedtime is messed up, my favorite part of the day is messed up. Another danger area with routines to look out for is if you get very upset when your way of eating is disrupted. That used to be me, and that is why I'm bringing it up. That is something that you should definitely talk to a therapist about if that is you. So routine is really helpful, but routine disruptions will happen and we can't let them completely derail us. I've learned through this moving experience that feeling out of control is a trigger for me and that's really good information to have. So spend some time thinking about how you can build a healthy sober routine, but please do not make it too complex. If you have no routine at all, then you can't go to the perfect routine tomorrow. You can always add more to it later. 
Start with adding one thing at a time, like a daily walk, and go from there. And please make sure that you have sober stuff in your routine, not just when you need it, but part of your daily or weekly routine. And if you're looking for a community, then I hope that you will check out mine. You can get more information in the show notes, and I will talk to you next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.